Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil Camino here with episode 28 of the Tutor Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about talent. And I'll be trying to decide if it's a valid concept at all, if it exists, and if it does, or if it doesn't, how we as tutors can use the concept, regardless of whether we think it's true or false. Let's get cracking. Uh, talent then, what is it? Generally speaking, it's somehow considered to be a natural aptitude or skill, a flair, a facility or a gift, uh, expertise or capacity in a particular field. And I suppose we're all familiar with the idea that talented people possess a natural ability or skill, usually above that of normal people, wherever they are. But logically, that doesn't work for me, because if natural talent is more than most people get, it's not natural at all. It's an anomaly, isn't it? Also, I'm pretty certain that everybody comes into this world as a blank slate. Everybody who's currently excellent at something was once never even doing it. So just ask yourself, do you believe that poets are just born that way? Are musicians born musical? Are mathematicians born to do math? Are doctors born to do medicine? No, of course not. They're all born helpless. But something happens between birth and excellence. So what is it? I think the principal factors here are curiosity, fascination, engagement and exploration. There's also a great place there for encouragement and, and direction especially within families who are already active in the field. This is why we often see musical families or generations of doctors or engineers or lawyers within whole family groups. And I know that play happens. When mistakes are made and accepted, then improvements can be enacted. And that's how development occurs. It's simple. As soon as you get off the assumption of the special gift merry-go-round, over the years, I've come to believe that talent is just a placemarker word. It's a lazy conflation of all of the above factors. Socialization, encouragement, fascination, absorption, play, ongoing improvement. Above all else, though, there's time spent doing the thing. Experience. That's what really counts. So talent is shorthand in a way. But practice, interest, curiosity, experiment, and constant learning. Now that doesn't look like magical unicorns to me. But what about you? I don't know if you believe in talent or not. That's entirely up to you. But you might want to consider whether a belief or disbelief in talent is useful to you as a tutor or a coach. How can you harness the idea of talent to help your teaching business? Let's just consider two polar opposites. Since I'm a guitar teacher, I'll use an example of guitar student. One student has a belief in their own unique talent, and a second student who 
thinks that they have absolutely no talent at all. Now, the talented student comes from a family where music is made and he loves to play. He makes lots of mistakes and he makes good progress. Meanwhile, our untalented student is already half convinced they have no talent. So what's the point of trying for more than a few minutes at a time? Interestingly, they both share a belief in talent, but one has a positive belief about it, whilst the other has a negative belief. But whichever way you slice it up, they're both self-fulfilling prophecies, aren't they? So how could we teach better in each case? Let's start with the first case, the student who has a belief in their own unique talent. Well, in this case, I would emphasize the talent myth. I would say that all the great musicians had talent. I'd remind them of the background factors, that music's in your family, music's in your blood. And then I would remind the student that talent alone is not enough. It needs care and nurturing. It needs focus. And I'd back that up with stories of wasted talent. The guitar heroes who died young. We all know names. So in essence, I'd be looking to use what's already there, pacing the talented student along with their own belief, acknowledging their worldview, and then attempting to amplify it. And the second case is a bit more interesting and probably more challenging. And this is by far the most common in my experience. First, acknowledge that they have no natural talent. And remind them that in the absence of talent, they can go a very long way with the right method and a great teacher. And obviously you are that great teacher. You can remind them that a normal person with a solid understanding will be able to do wonderful things. They just need a system. You can then go on to remind them that music is in their blood. It's in everyone's blood. I mean, ask them if they could imagine a world without music. You're beginning to minimize the talent myth along the way. You can then apply the blank slate theory. You can use phrases like every master was once a disaster or every winner was once a beginner and every hero began as a zero. You can call up the background factors like the family. You can even use them as a, a foil to your argument even though there are no musicians in your family, there are musicians in your bigger family, the human race. You can tell the supposedly untalented students that talent isn't enough. You can then use those stories of wasted talent, the guitar gods who died young, etc. You can then use stories of people with no talent who went on to do great things. And all the time, be capturing and encouraging small advances. Myself, I happen to like fairly forceful language, so I will tell them that you're here because music is in you and it will not be denied. It's your birthright. Across all human cultures, there's always been music. And you are a natural musician as much as anyone else alive. You simply need to find your way to the music. I'm here to help and guide you on your journey to claim your birthright. 
That's fairly strong language. And some people get it, some people don't. I usually tailor what I'm going to say to the individual. In essence, then, you're initially using what's already there, trying to pace the untalented student and acknowledge their worldview and their beliefs, then suggesting a different point of view. I find it's best to start small when I'm doing this, using the principle of consistency, getting agreement on a small shift in perspective first, and then using that as a wedge to open up bigger and bigger shifts. Remember that it's very difficult to overturn an entrenched belief in one move. It's much easier to modify it and eradicate it over time by building up enough evidence, proof and emotion to collapse the old beliefs. So, use the talent myth. If it's there as a positive factor, amplify and embrace it. If it's a negative belief, erode it, undermine it, minimize it, and then destroy it. For myself, I don't believe in talent, because I had none for 23 years. What I have instead is a system and a structure that support me as I continue to improve as a player and as a teacher, as a writer and a businessman, and as a human being. Above all else, I make tons of mistakes. So I get to learn tons of good stuff from them. And I'm curious. So I keep looking for answers. These days I'm surrounded by musicians and educated. So I'm highly socialised in both music and teaching. Now, you now have the backstory. But to an outsider who doesn't have that backstory, they only see the outcome, not the process that produces the outcome. That's why it looks like talent. When you stop and think about it, it's that missing the process that makes it look like magic, isn't it? So what do you think of the talent myth? Is it a myth or is it a proven fact in your own experience? Get in touch on the Tudor Podcast website or info at neilcamado.com and I'd love to hear from you. That's my 10 cents worth for today, guys. But let me know what caught your ear in this episode and how you get on putting some of those ideas to work in your own business. Now, in the next episode, we'll be talking about time management, getting more out of your day, getting the right stuff done, and letting go of what doesn't help you. So, please, remember to subscribe to the Tudor Podcast and get all the updates and more tips to help you to start, grow, and love your tutoring business. I'll see you next time when you join me, Neil Camero, for episode 29 of the Tutor Podcast. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media, and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.